Rito back at the wall. Adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 83 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Grant Brisby. I am talking with Andy Baggerly. Andy, how are you doing this fine Monday? I am great. I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I am just swell. Well, it appears for the 17th time we are going to open with news as far as our thoughts on we can have a season <laughs> like it just seems like every time there's two steps forward there's three steps back and then there's four steps forward and then there's five steps back the news today is uh every time i open twitter it's a, a team saying we can't practice today because we don't have the results of the test back and testing and quick testing reliable testing is like the bare minimum like that was that is a, a non-starter if you can't get fast reliable testing and so that that's where we're at today yep and teams are having to cancel their workouts or push them back and you know our alex coffee got a hold of an internal memo that david force the a's gm sent to all the players and staff saying i'm not going to cover for mlb on this this is screwed up and yet at the same time they're using all of these tests and, and they have to expect that there's going to be a slowdown. They have to expect that they're, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So things are not always, anytime you, if anyone's gone to a grocery store, you know, things are not the same. You can't expect to get in and out quickly of anything. And this is something where they have to test and test safely every other day. And they need the results almost immediately at a time when, you know, resources are finite. And so it's just another example of how this is going to be very, very difficult to pull off because there's, what, 18 days until the season is supposed to open? So missing a workout day is really a setback, and teams are having to just cancel everything right now. And the Giants haven't completed their intake process. They won't really go into detail about what they're waiting on or, or, or to what extent testing has been completed. But we do see some people on the field, so we know in theory they're, you know, they've been cleared and they've given some been given test results. But, I mean, yeah. And then you got people opting out every day. Now it's Nick Markakis, David Price. You know, a lot of uh, stars are on the fence still. Buster Posey. I was very honest about that. Uh, Mike Trout, how they could say, look, if the wind's not blowing the right way and, and it looks like they're not going to play the games and we won't get paid anyway, then what are we doing here? So it's all very much still kind of being held together with duct tape. I was trying to figure out what kind of angle, uh, respectful angle to, to take on this. And I just typed the sentence, the baseball season starts in 18 days, return, and just stared at it. Like, what? 18 days, 18 days, two weeks, basically, two and a half weeks. And it just seems so bizarre and so surreal to think that in two and a half weeks, somehow this is all going to coalesce and, and make sense. The delays and the teams that are having to cancel workouts, it's a reminder of how rickety this foundation is. And you get kind of 
lost in the idea, well, baseball's coming back, and you, you, I want it to. I, I, that's my job, and I really sort of need baseball in order for me to make a living, and I, I'm i desperate for baseball to be back, and so I get excited, and I lose myself, and yes, baseball's coming back, and uh, what are the, the five keys to the season? And then all of a sudden, you realize it's the whole foundation is so interdependent on all these different things going right, and the earliest evidence is that they're not. Like, what we can see, it sure looks like there's dry rot in the planks that that you absolutely need for a season to start. Ooh, my house was built in the 30s. Don't mention dry rot to me. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's a lot of it. It's like Beetlejuice. Um, you say it three times, and not, so that's it. No, yeah. Won't. Oh, we should replace that window. No, we shouldn't, because we don't <laughs> know what we will find. No, uh, got off topic there, but... They're trying, and, and I guess that's a good thing. On the other hand, maybe it's not a good thing because they flew a bunch of people to Southern California from Florida and, and Arizona and, and hotspots, and at least one of them tested positive for COVID. So, you know, is, is that a good thing? I, I, I don't know. There's just a lot of problems. Nick Markakis, you mentioned him earlier, he's opting out. And one of the reasons is that he talked to Freddie Freeman on the phone, and he couldn't believe it. He just couldn't believe what he was hearing as far as how Freddie Freeman sounded, which is terrifying because as we've talked about, it's not always like a cold. You get cold, you get better. It's not the flu. You get the flu. Now you don't have the flu. Whew, that was a bad flu. It's not like that. It is, in some cases, it's damaging to the respiratory system permanently, which is wildly important for athletes, professional athletes to have. It's bizarre, and the Freddie Freeman thing is one that I'm watching because I I don't want to be a chicken little, but at the same time, that's what's going to change everything is an athlete, a star athlete perhaps, who is affected in ways that you don't come back from right right away, and it's scary as hell. I'm not an athlete, uh, nor do I claim to play one on TV, and I would like a functioning respiratory system that isn't permanently damaged. I mean, I feel like I could benefit from that. When I walked into the workouts this week, I will say this, that I didn't feel endangered when I was there at the facility. I felt like everyone was taking it very, very seriously. Everyone wore their masks all the time. We all stayed very distant from each other. The Giants, I think, handled it very, very well. They, in fact, you know, gave us a little more leeway than I thought we would have. I thought we'd just be sort of stapled to, you know, one seat in the press box or in the areas, the open air areas in front of the press box where they set up some workstations. But no, they let us walk down the concourse and and walk on top of the arcade and we could watch the bullpens from there, which I got to tell you, whenever fans are allowed to go back in the ballpark, if you have a seat in, in that deepest part of Triples Alley, in that arcade, you've got a great view because you look right down into those bullpens. And there's a lot of seating areas out there in center field too that are just right up next to the bullpens. And you get a great view of the field and then you can turn to your right and see guys throwing. It's just like a visual feast. You know, we're allowed to go out there. I thought we were going to be sort of sort of stuck in one spot, but they've been really, really good about it. And everyone's been very responsible. And as long as we're in that environment, I think, okay, you know, this this is good. They're, they're, they're doing all the all the right things, but there's so much out of their control when you're dealing with 60 players in a pool and all the staff members and all the coaches and they're all going and doing different things. And even if they just quarantine in their hotel rooms or apartments or houses or wherever they are, it's going to be every day. They're going to be tested. There's going to be test results. And if there's a lag on all that, you know, then how can you safely keep this thing going? There's a lot invested. I don't think they're going to give up easily. But reality may just set in. Yeah. At the very beginning, when they were talking about coming back, it was the idea was... 
look, everything you can expect, you have to anticipate things going right for the season to happen with the things you can predict, with the things you can expect. And then it's the things you don't expect that are going to really mess you up. That's the thing, because I think at this point, what we're seeing is screw ups on the problems you could expect. Like these are the the problems that should have been. I, I know that that it's a holiday weekend and I know that there's going to be a backlog, but this is the bare minimum. And I'm just wondering about, you know, when are the unforeseen things going to start tripping up? the teams and I I don't know like I'm reading a quote from Craig Council and he's talking and again 18 days until the season starts his his quote is that the season's not on his radar right now he says uh keeping everyone safe and healthy is the first priority that's the manager of the brewers who are ostensibly contenders and he's saying you know the season's not on my radar right now the season's starting in two and a half weeks I just I, I'm totally flummoxed by all this the Astros have had to shut down their workouts. Uh, we know where the A's stand. It's almost like one of those situations it reminds me of a player who's coming off an injury or a surgery where, you know, they don't rule out opening day, but if he has any setback, you know, if, he's, if he misses one bullpen session, if he misses one start in an exhibition game, then there's not going to be enough days on the calendar to be on the opening day roster. And I sort of feel like we're at that stage where there's so few days left. If there's any more setbacks from this point, it's going to be hard to imagine that we're going to see Major League Baseball games on July 23rd. Let's pause for a second and talk about Manscaped. Fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening, the sun is shining, and the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body, whenever that is, will be ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. They've forever changed this grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential Lawnmower 3.0. It's a waterproof cordless body trimmer, and there are a ton of liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest shave. This third-generation trimmer features skin-safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. Oh my. You can also adjust settings to get a length you like, and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. Be sure to use their crop cleanser to keep your hair and skin healthy. It's an all-in-one formula, so it's as good for healthy chest hair as it is for your skin. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer because we all know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC, one word. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. I really want to see baseball games until like 20. It'd be nice. I yeah, mean, it'd I'd be nice. Yeah. And I feel selfish for thinking that. I don't want to minimize what a 
monumental task this is. Like, this is climbing Everest, and it's it's uncharted territory for Major League Baseball. Like, I'm not trying to minimize what they have to do. You know, they have 30 different chainsaws in the air, and I do not envy the jobs that people have right now trying to make this season go off as planned. Uh, at the same time, like it just it, at this point looking 18 days out I don't see it I don't see it and I hope I'm wrong but let's assume that we do see it and let's assume that in 18 days uh the sky hasn't fallen and there is baseball that sounds pretty cool so what have you seen in the workouts I, I believe they started on what is it the third the first workout was the third and and it really did remind me of pitchers and catchers reporting which is a total non <laughs> it's a total you know non-news day it's the only it's only news because we're allowed in the clubhouse or at least we are normally the players basically show up and play catch and that that's that's it they don't even have to do anything there's no scheduled workout most of them just come and do their physicals or you can even just call and say hey i'm in town and that's it that that's reporting so there really wasn't much of anything going on on the field a couple people were like you know running curves and there were a couple people playing long toss and, and that's it now the next day the fourth we had some live BP. They had another cage where guys were throwing live BP that was set up in the left field corner. And Brandon Belt was standing in, and I, I, I wanted to like be in his head at that moment, thinking, "Gosh, you know that I like the look of the ballpark from this way. Why aren't we just playing baseball backwards and put a home plate in the left field corner? I don't have to mess with that wall out there." But yeah, so they were only doing they were only working on safety squeezes and stuff like that. So you know, Drew Smiley and, uh, was was throwing off a portable mound and had hitters standing in, but they couldn't take swings because you couldn't have baseball coming from multiple directions with people on the field that would be dangerous but that was kind of cool saw hunter pence take some swings uh, against kevin gossman and boy logan webb looked really good everyone remarked about how good logan webb looked buster posey caught him they're gonna mix it up a little bit because the workouts are in three groups one two and three and when we've gotten there we our window has been from 11 to 2 that we're allowed in the ballpark and it's been group two on the field, which is mostly the regulars, Crawford, Longoria, Posey, Belt, Pence. And uh, group three is more of the guys on what would be the back end of the roster. And group one is mostly the prospects. And they're going to mix up our times that the media has allowed in the remainder of this week. So we'll be able to go uh, later to see group three and we'll be able to go earlier uh, to see group one. And apparently, based on everything I'm hearing, Marco Luciano is putting on a show in early BP. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that. And it's cool. It's cool to be in the ballpark. I think there's, it's kind of therapeutic just to look out at the vistas. And it's obviously a beautiful place. And as far as, as how the camp's being run, everyone's being responsible. Everyone's distancing. Everyone's wearing masks unless they're basically running or pitching. So, you know, I, I, I think that the Giants should be given a lot of credit for how responsible they're being and, and how seriously they're taking this. And, and I just think that uh, Dave Greshner is probably the most important guy in this camp. And, and I, I can't imagine he's getting more than an hour of sleep every night. Gosh, it's good to hear that the Giants are, are being, uh, you know, trying to lead the way. It's all it's just it's frustrating because there's so much that's out of the the team's control. You know what I mean? They can be the best at what they need to do, absolutely just on the rails the whole way, and it, it might not matter just because of you know, there's so many other people they have to rely on, and that's just, I guess, the story of the season. So what needs to happen in the next 18 days in order to get them ready for a literal Major League Baseball season? Like, I can't—the ramping up 
I, I can't wrap my head around it. It just seems like it's it's coming. It's, it's coming a lot sooner than anyone's expecting. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is that pitchers are able to build up at least to get to, you know, three innings or so, and then they can kind of, you know, ride it out with multiple inning pitchers. You know, talking to Jeff Samarja, he didn't see any reason why he couldn't get up to 80 pitches or so. It is pretty evident that guys have been working out. I mean, some guys look muscly. Brandon Belt looked really good. Yeah, a number of guys, I think, uh, clearly have, have used the time well. Maybe a few have not. But the thought among the players that I've talked to or that we've spoken to on the Zoom calls is that, you know, they tried to stay as ready as they could so that this wasn't going to be like reporting to spring training. This was going to be like when they show up, they're around the middle of spring training type of shape and, and readiness. So, but at the same time, you know, as as uh, Mark Carrig just pointed out on Twitter a few minutes ago, there's a competitive integrity question here that some teams have to suspend their workouts because they're not getting the test uh, results back. And if you're the A's and Bob Melvin says that they're five days behind because position players haven't worked out yet, isn't that going to be a problem when it comes to competitive integrity when the season starts and some teams are ahead of others? And that's wild, especially because a three-game losing streak in the 60-game season is like a 10-game losing streak. You know, it's just one loss means so much more in this season than it does normally. It's a, you can't just say, well, we had a bad week. A bad week could, could knock you out of the postseason chase. And so if you're starting the season rustier than the other teams, forget it. That doesn't seem fair. There's nothing that's going to make this a legitimate season. If they can play, we just have to enjoy it and hope that everyone's doing it safely and no one's being put at risk. And then just enjoy it for what it is and not worry about whether it's legitimate or not. Because, I mean, you know, it's it's not. It's not the same. It's not going to be the same whether, you know, they get in 60 games or or. 10 games or, or, you know, five games. It's it's just going to be what it is. And if you like baseball, if you miss baseball, then I think you probably take it in any form. But uh, they got to get there first. And those are takes that I'm just not going to traffic in as far as legitimacy. It, it, or, come on. We know that this is going to be a Frankenstein's monster of a season. We know that this is just put together with spare parts. And that's just how it's going to be. I know that when I look at stats from 1981, I know why they're a little weird. I know when I look at stats from 1994, I know why they're a little weird. This is just going to be one of those times. You look back at 2020 and you see the results and you're going to say, ha-ha. Ah, that's weird. For a long time, the only season the Expos made the postseason was uh, 1981. And you look back at it, and there's a first-half champion, a second-half champion. There's you know weird postseasons, and, and the Reds, I believe, had the best record in baseball, but they didn't have the best record in the first half or the second half, so they missed the postseason entirely. And that's just how you have to look at that 1981 season. It is just a... a abnormal season and that's what you have to think about and we're seeing that mls is is in a bubble and and they really are in a bubble and they can't get started mlb is obviously not trying to strictly quarantine players so again it's it's there's just a lot of hurdles to overcome to even get there but if they get there then yeah i'm i'm looking forward to watching some baseball i think that the giants are in a good position if they can get on the field i see a bunch of guys that are motivated and yeah there's a a lot of concern about if this is all going to work but i think 
that's where their concerns are. Their concerns aren't whether, you know, they can be a competitive team or I see a, a lot of focus and, and determination out there. And I think that if they can get on the field, I think I think the Giants could be a surprise. Let me ask you about if there is a delay, if things uh, get a little higgledy-piggledy, like a tournament, just like a straight NCAA-style tournament. Uh, you know, obviously, there's they don't have 32 teams, so there would need to be some sort of chicanery as far as scheduling. But I would think that, you know, would be legitimate. And I mean, legitimate in the sense that anything they do this year is going to be illegitimate, but you just got to plug your nose and say, yay, baseball. A tournament, just like the bare minimum of games, I think would would be fine and and fun to watch. I I would not begrudge Major League Baseball for doing something like that. So I don't know. I, I see them playing something this year it's just i i don't think it's going to look like we were expecting as of two weeks ago or when when it was first announced it just you know the schedule's coming out today and it just i can't wrap my head around that yeah and i think we've all been looking forward to that right i mean that's yeah. that's uh that's something we've all been sort of like god what, what's the schedule going to look like you know what, what are the road trips going to look like uh when are the games against the a's going to be um you start thinking about how the giants match up against like the mariners and things you didn't really think you'd have to consider and then it's all against this backdrop of none of it may matter (laughs) we may never get there but yeah i'm looking forward to the schedule coming coming out and i've been given a a mandate to to write something about it and and write an analysis piece about how this breaks down for the giants and and i'll do that uh, and i'll put the the thought and effort into that but at the same time it's you know (laughs) we might all be spinning our wheels on it yeah if I remember correctly, it's going to have a heck of a lot of the AL West. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it's going to break down to where 40 games are against uh, the teams within the NL West, and then the other 20 are going to be interleague by region. So I think the way that people who did the math and are much better at this than I am figured out that there's going to be two series against the A's and either three or four game series against the other teams. But yeah, essentially, it does make for an interesting competitive issue. If they do play all 60 games, you're going to have teams competing against each other for the wild cards, having played massively different schedules. That seems like it's not really super fair, depending on, you know, how many, you know, high level teams you have to face and how many teams, you know, might have schedules that are a little on the softer side. So it's going to be imperfect and it's not going to be the best way to to stack up teams in terms of the wild card but you know it's they got to do what they got to do and i i apologize for my ignorance but i i'm so spun around with what i think i've read and what i don't is it that it's the same amount of postseason teams correct they did they add any i i can't i I thought they did now i'm i'm doubting myself yeah even some of the players don't really understand it we've talked to a couple players they're like yeah and with this expanded postseason we have a better chance and i'm like "Mm, no they're not expanding the postseason that was on the table uh, and then the owners took that off the table along with along with guaranteeing a universal dh for next year they took those things away when um the players didn't agree to the last owner's proposal before then they just instituted the the 60 game season so there is no expanded playoffs this year okay so that makes a big difference especially in the national league if you're talking a 60 game season and uh if you are a member of or if you're on a team in the nl central and i'm counting four rock solid contenders and pittsburgh is not a shabby team i mean they lost 93 games last year but you know they they have some talent 
you're expecting those five teams to play a disproportionate amount against the AL Central, which has the Twins at the top, the Indians uh, right with them. And then, you know, I guess the White Sox made, made some some moves and, and they might be arriving now, but the Royals and the Tigers, you, woof. And so that's going to be weird because you're going to have central teams competing for the wild card and they're they're not going to be playing uh, the Astros, the A's, the, the, the Angels, the Rangers. I mean, I don't know. Again, it's it's imperfect, right? I mean, it's one imperfection in a slew of imperfections um, and it's whatever they need to do to get try to get baseball off the ground. Yeah, I mean, you can't complain about it that much. It's just, it is what I I don't, it's not like I don't understand why it's happening. It's just, you look at that and that's, again, just one of those things, huh? Yeah, and you know, that's it's a lot of money at stake uh, for the teams that make the playoffs. The playoff TV money seems to be the golden goose. That seems to be the reason everyone is really doing this. And if we can't get to the stage where it looks like they can even get through a 60-game season, let alone get to the postseason, I think that that may just be another reason to just say, Okay, you know, let let's forget the whole thing, but um, you know, and we may get to that stage. Who knows? All right. Well, I think that's a good place to to end it, and and we'll be back on Thursday, and hopefully we have a week of of relative normalcy because this was a Monday that man, I don't know, like my my brain is just swimming. You wake up, you turn on your phone, it's it's just a bunch of oh. Oh, dear. And I guess that's just the new normal. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm going to throw away my phone. What's that uh, The gif I see all the time of, of Ron Swanson throwing his computer into a dumpster? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I might do that. Yeah, no, that, that is self-care at its finest. All right, this has been episode 83 of the Bags and Frisbee podcast. We will be back on Thursday. Thanks to Brian Smith for producing us, and thanks to you for listening. We'll see you then.